This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week TV podcast. This is the Total Control Podcast, the new series coming to ABC TV mid-October on Sunday nights. I've got the star of the show, Deborah Mailman, and one of the co-creators and an executive producer, Darren Dale. Welcome, team. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Well, great, great to have you here. I'm a little bit nervous today, but um, <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> now, listen, uh, Darren... That'll be me making you nervous, of course, <laughs> not Deb Mailman. That's it, that's it. Yeah, I didn't want to single out one of you, so <laughs> equally uh, impressive um, creatives and talents sitting alongside me today. Tell me a little bit about Total Control. Now, I co-creators, there's, I think, three of you listed in the credits. Um, tell us a little bit about the genesis of the series. Yeah, look, it was a show that came about, um, there's an event held in Melbourne every year called Series Mania, which sort of focuses on the best TV from around the world. And Rachel Griffiths was at a dinner party for that, actually. And sort of late in the evening, after a few wines, um, Rachel came over and said, I've had this idea, darling, to make this show. And I think you're the only one who could make it. And I said, oh, really? What's, what's it called? And she said, it's called Black Bitch, it was called then. And really, that was the genesis. And then Black Bitch was the name we used just all through the development. But Total Control is obviously the name of the show now. And yeah, that was really it. And then 14 months later, we were, you know, filming the series in Parliament House and in central West Queensland. And so relatively quick compared to some people work on feature films for, say, 10 years before they're made. So Sure, sure. And... Um Deb, have you worked with Blackfella Films? Yeah, on, a lot? yeah, yeah. I have a really um, long and strong working relationship with Blackfella Films. Um, Red for now, uh, Marbo. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess this um, has always been a no-brainer for me working with Blackfella Films and with Darren and Rach Perkins. And when this sort of script fell into my lap, it was you know it was pretty amazing to sort of be given such an incredible complex role. Sure. Darren, when the, so you had this good idea, um, then did you engage, is it Stuart, um, Stuart Page to, to write and come on and yes, work we, on the... Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, the idea at the very early stage was to have like the outsider, the politi- political outsider, um, and this, this case being the central character being an Aboriginal woman. And the idea was that she would you know, take on the government and obviously see what happens after that, not to spoil anything for people that will watch the series. Um, and, and look, but there's a lot of work between just that sort of very early nascent idea and then getting to a drama that's like believable, realistic and, and kind of is entertaining for an audience. You know, we often do politics in Australia as satire and rake, but we wanted to be in the tradition of those great American shows and also to kind of make people understand about politics in this country and make sense of the world that's happening around them. So, you know, there was a long journey which the writers put did the heavy lifting on in creating these like really fully dimensional characters, making sure that central role of Debs wasn't just cardboard cutout, cookie cutter, to have like real range for someone with extraordinary talent as Deb to give her like see a Deb Malman that we haven't seen before. So I think the role, and Deb can talk about it, but I think the role is certainly complex. You know, it's not just what you'd expect. Yeah. Deb, I guess if these guys come to you and with a project, you're probably going to be drawn to it anyway. But um, what sort of creative process do you go through before you finally say yes to a, to a series? Well, a um, often if if uh, there, there were sort of scripts in the early draft that was sent to me, which I, I read, and um, so that's really the starting point is actually reading reading what what scripts are available and getting a sense and um, getting my impression on on what the story is about and of course with this it was already the first first scene in the first episode 
already knocked my socks off in regards to what it was doing and the action in it. So I thought, if this is how it's starting, I can't wait to see where it's going. Yeah, well, they've. I mean, if the script was good when you read it, you've certainly captured it on screen. I mean, it's. I'm lucky enough to have seen the first two apps, and I'm, I'm. I'm very conscious of not giving anything away today because there's some good stuff there. But I mean, we. I put it on only last night because I wanted it to be fresh, and um, my wife and I were watching it, and we got to the end of the first episode, and she said, "I hope you're going to tell me they gave you more than one episode." <laughs> so I, I was lucky. I said yes. And we watched the second one, and and after that, she said, "Yeah, look, this is the best thing we've seen in ages." Oh, fantastic! And that's it's you know it, it absolutely is. Now the the story. Story uh, briefly, so you play a, a nurse in um, working out of Winton. Yeah, so she, my character Alex Irving, she um, she's from Winton, and one of her jobs there is sort of going out onto community and um, yeah, like a nurse handing out medications to people. Um, as the episode starts, uh, a horrific event takes place, which puts her in the national headlines. So the video goes viral, which grabs the attention of the Prime Minister, played by Rachel Griffiths, and she handpicks me to come into the Senate. And so um, what's seen as, I guess, a bit of a publicity stunt, Alex sees it as an opportunity to make a real difference for her people. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Rachels in this, isn't there? I was making <laughs> some notes last night. So Rachel Griffiths plays a Rachel, and then Rachel Perkins was a, the director. She plays a Rachel as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, so tell me a little bit about the casting. So Rachel Griffiths was attached, I guess, because it was her idea. Um, what, and tell me the process, you, what you went through then and who was involved. Well, interestingly, one of the things that we had to do was convince, convince Rachel Griffiths to play Rachel Anderson, the Prime okay. Minister, because as much as she'd been involved in the kind of conception and the, you know, authoring of the work, she hadn't thought necessarily that she would play that role. So she didn't present it as a project for herself? No, like it wasn't okay. a vehicle for her. In fact, like we were mostly focused on, you know, Deb's character really and then as the character grew through the story, you know, the story scripting stages, um, I had well she says I bullied her into doing it, <laughs> um, but I don't think and then at the end of the shoot she said I wish there was more for the Prime Minister to do, so you know but no, no, she'd never thought that she would be that role and then look I think the thing is we're so lucky to have two great actresses headlining the show and then it's pretty easy work for producers then after that because you go to other great actors like William McInnes and Tony Hayes, um, Harry Richardson, Celia Ireland, Aaron Pedersen, you know the list, the breadth of acting in this show is extraordinary I think and I think when you have great actors, actors and you know, I'm sure Deb will say this, when you see other great actors involved in a project you want to, you're drawn to that project mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, look, again, you've done a brilliant job with the casting. I'm, we're sitting there watching last night and um, Jonathan Cosgrove, we're going, well, we, we know this guy. Where have we seen him, you know? And it's only this morning I just tweaked and reading, reading through the production notes properly that um, Poldark, of course, you yes. know, which is I think we've got a couple of episodes left to go in its final season. And, and he's, he's a very different character, of course, but gee whiz, what a good actor, huh? Yeah, well, we're really lucky that, um, you know, to have Harry... Join us, and this is his first real sort of Australian, mm. Australian. Series. So yes, an Aussie yeah. graduate of Whopper, in, um, graduated from yeah. Whopper, and then was sort of picked up because I think you'll see in the show, like he's extraordinary. He's, a, I think he's a fine young actor, um, and went straight overseas. And it's great to get our actors to come back because sometimes they go and. <laughs> Never see them. Never see, <laughs> yeah. Never see them until it costs us too much money to have them. Um, but look, he he's a great talent, I think, and we were really lucky. And I guess for in that role, we were looking for someone that we hadn't seen before. 
like mm. not just the people that you know we see regularly. I think it's a really great thing to kind of bring some surprise and delight for the audience. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some lot of great scenes between you and um, Harry Deb, and um, he appears pretty early on in in the series, and it's just really good. I've got a little question. The the Prime Minister and her party, it's not really identified, at least in the start, but you get the idea that it's a reasonably conservative government. Mm. Yeah, is that yes, fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I think we're quite conscious right from the beginning not to really define, you know, the, the who, who was in government and who wasn't, but you do get a sense of um, the party that Alex comes into is, is, is definitely um, conservative. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about sort of selling this into an, a network? Was it sort of always going to be an ABC project, do you think? Or did, did you think it could be wide enough to get some interest? Look, I think we did think the ABC was sort of the first place we'd take it, and that's certainly what we did. And look, I guess Deb talked about before, Red for Now, you know, they've been such champions of Indigenous content and putting it front and centre and not sort of ghettoising it, but putting it on the main channel and putting it in prime time. And I guess we thought there's a loyal audience there that have come to us before. Um, and as we know, it's so hard to find audiences these days, like in changing platforms and so competitive. I think, look, with Deborah Mailman and this story, I think the ABC audience is a natural one. Um, so, yeah, and look, they embraced it as we would have hoped. And Sally Riley there, who's the head of Scripted, um, was kind of eyes, arms wide open and, you know, embraced it wholeheartedly. And, you know, we really had one meeting and we were in development the next week. Yeah. As Blackfella Films, am I right in thinking you you've, you pretty much live on SBS and ABC? You haven't had a project yet on commercial, free to air? No, and or I think... Have you come close or have you pitched stuff? We or? haven't. Look, we haven't, to be honest, we're, we're pretty, you know, good, sustainable business working with those two broadcasters. And I think the thing is we, a lot of the projects we make are projects that have purpose or, you know, have some kind of, you know, wanting to get us to explore ourselves as Australians or explore complex and sort of, you know, more human stories. And I think that's just where we found ourselves because both of those places are after exciting content that sort of challenges or pushes at the edges. And I think, you know, we continue to want to do that. And I think, look, there's such exciting opportunities now. The financing models are changing so much. I think our next sort of step would be, you know, to look at something that's wholly international possibly, okay. you know, like finance outside of the, you know, the usual. I think the world has just opened up so much as we can see from television around the world. Yeah. The... um because you have an agent, I guess, who sells your programs internationally? No, we haven't you, had to do that yet. Look, I, 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 we've really believed that those direct relationships are how, you know, like, for instance, on this show, Cachette is an Israeli company. They read the project the same way that the ABC did and they loved it. After five days later, they came back with an offer of a lot of money. Oh, wow. And, like, really substantial money, like putting in millions okay. of dollars. Yes, yeah. Um, is, is government funding still any critical to, to all projects? I think it is. Deb, Deb's a board member, actually, on Screen Australia. Okay. I'll dob her in. Um, a newly joined board member at yes. Screen Australia. But, look, I, th I think to make projects that have, you know, relevance and want to comment about our unique Australianness, I think they're really critical. I think Screen Australia is fundamental to maybe just helping get those stories across the line that wouldn't necessarily get there or get enable people to take risks, really. Mm, mm. And I think it should be absolutely government-supported in regards to Australian stories on our screen. Uh -huh. 
the series is set in Winton. I'm imagining you filmed a lot of it there. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we um, we did the last bit of filming in Winton. I think we're up there for about three and a half weeks. Um, so we started in Sydney, went to Canberra. Um, we filmed both the new and old Parliament House. And up in Winton, which was great, um, the locals up there were incredibly supportive and generous um, in having us there. And the few of them feature in, in, a, um, in some of the scenes throughout. But I think it was really great to... Gets show those two very opposing worlds that Alex lives in, the sort of country, the outback, um, her home, her family, and that of the corridors of Parliament House. Mm-hmm. The um, You mentioned the cast up there, so probably some of the locals. Was that some of the landowners? Because there's, there's quite a big room with that. There's a couple of meetings in those first two episodes uh, I'm guessing they're not all actors, or were no. they? Well, the, the the very first person that you meet, the character, um, Stephen, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, who's, um, um, he, he, I think he is in the very first scene. Um, he's a local there, and um, that's all his dogs. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so. Oh, that's the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, here. in the wheelchair. So right. um, uh, he was, he was. Fabulous and saying yes because he's not an actor. I sort of never had that experience before, and he just embraced it wholeheartedly. And it was really wonderful to have someone like him being because it just creates that sort of authenticity around around the world. And okay. kind of that guy that we're talking about, who is like in the opening scenes with Deborah Malman. Of course, once we get into the story proper, like he had a bronc riding accident seven years ago in a wheelchair. Now trains working dogs and has become become an Australian champion training working dogs. Like he's extraordinary. Like all those dogs that you see <laughs> are trained by him and his dogs. Like and when we found him, we're like, okay, let's rewrite the script. <laughs> So, yeah, the locals up there, like, I couldn't speak highly enough. The community and the town, like, really supported this show like nothing else. Okay. There's a bit set in the pub, and that's all the, the Winton pub, I guess, yeah, is it? The, yeah, completely all. Yeah. That's all Winton. All real. Yeah. There's some great scenes in the bar there, which is um, looks like a very, um, very atmospheric location. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that's also when you sort of, you, the audience get to meet the families that Alex sort of talks about, um, you know, who, who's who in, in the town and who do you go need, to, who do you need to talk to in, in order to get things done. So it's it's a great way in, in which to sort of introduce a whole lot of different characters. There's some nice drone work. I think you've um, employed a drone for a few scenes, and it, it's, 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 I always love a scene that starts with the drones. It, it sets you know what's happening, and mm. and there's a few shots of Winton, and Winton looks like it's a a square, and there's not everything's inside the square, not much outside. Is that pretty much it? Is that? Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> like it really is. Like there's sort of like what four streets one way, and like yeah. six streets another way, and then there's a footy oval on one end of town. There's the showground at the other end of okay. town, and then the other edges of town. There's like a railway and not much else. And look, you're right. Those drones, those drone shots. When you look at them, it's like this town just rose out of the middle mm. of nowhere, yeah. and you can yeah. just see it's like a monopoly of, game almost. It's very yeah, yeah like it is like a, it's like Australian monopoly. <laughs> like a, yeah, it totally is that. That's a great description. Yeah. The um, and tell me a little bit though. So I was intrigued by those scenes with the um, with the the is it the landowners that is that the right term for the the traditional the traditional owners, traditional that, owners yeah. that that you need to convince about the um, handing over to the what they want to propose up there. Tell me a little bit about those scenes and, and the people involved there. 
Well, I mean, you obviously yeah. could probably talk to that sort of process of who you had to talk who to. Who we had to, yeah. yeah. So, look, we spoke to the Aboriginal um, sort of community up there, but obviously Winton is, as we've talked about, is in the middle of nowhere, mm. um, hundred, like 600 k's away from a town one way or 200 the other way. And the Aboriginal community live in, you know, around that town. But, like, you know, when people say, oh, I'm just down the road, it's like 400 <laughs> kilometres. And we were like, God. And then they're like, no, we'll come and be extras and get paid a couple of hundred bucks a day. But, like, really, yeah, the Aboriginal community were really up for it and I guess they're excited, like a lot of people. As soon as we said Deborah Mailman is coming to town, <laughs> we had all these people say, oh, yeah, we'll come. There was busloads of people coming. But, look, it was brilliant. And those people mostly hadn't acted, um, mm-hmm. but they were really committed. Like, they had to sit there for, I think they, you know, it's that great realisation, isn't it? that filmmaking takes such a long time. Like that, you know, that you see a scene like that. We filmed that over two days, yeah. two weekends, you mm-hmm. know, two Saturdays and people sitting there for 10 and a half hours. So like... Yeah. They were getting a bit itchy because the well, footy, that- the, the, the local <laughs> comp was on. <laughs> Yeah, so people and a lot of them travel for the footy. That's why people travel, go okay. to the footy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And was it hot too? Does it? What time of year was it? It's pretty hot. Yeah, now. it was pretty hot. Well, we're around. Um, what time? May. Yeah, where May. We, but, and you would think May. we we sort of designed it so we wouldn't be in the full heat. Okay. But look, it was still. So you start early, cool. I guess, where you can, and before it gets too warm. And, yeah. 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 It just wasn't as humid as what it would normally yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that great, and, and excuse me again, I don't know the name, but the, the house you visit early on and then again where the elderly woman lives and she took you on a drive. Oh, yes, a, uh, Brumby. In, uh, the character's name is Brumby Dibby. Okay. Um, played by Jocelyn, isn't it? Jocelyn, yeah. Annie Joss. Um, yeah, amazing woman. And yeah. um, she, she grew up there, didn't she? Or she, she grew up, yeah, she yeah. absolutely grew up in Winton and then she moved away. She was a taxi driver in Brisbane for That's many right. years. Like, she's an incredible, wow. like, incredible face um, and woman. And, yeah, like, she's acted in a couple of things like The Proposition, like, no small names, but, you know, some big films. But being from out there, yeah, she was extraordinary. I think she's an extraordinary character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The audience is going to fall in love with lots of these people and particularly Trisha Morton-Thomas, oh, yes. who plays your mum, right? Yes. Well, tell me a little bit about her. Well, Trish, I've known for a very long time. We actually did our first feature film together, Radiance, in 1997, which okay. was Rachel Perkins' first feature film. So um, I've known Trish since then, and she's an incredible actor. We don't get to see enough of her, I think, really, on our screens. Yeah. Um, but we all knew that people will love her. The, the role of Jan, my mum, you know, very... Uh, I love... There's a, a, a great quality, quality to mum in that she loves the Queen... <laughs> and it's a really lovely sort of um, story for, for her. But, yeah, Trish is an incredible actor. She's Alice Springs girl. Uh-huh. Okay. She wasn't so happy when, and she's a good friend of our, all of ours, Trish, and we all know she's extraordinary. She wasn't so happy that her and Deb played sisters 20 years ago. And then she said, are you really ringing me to ask me to be her mother now? And I said, yes. <laughs> so that was, there was a little That's bit right. of a slight little stumbling block there saying, you're not sisters now, you're actually playing okay. a mother. I guess there's a little bit of an age difference, but maybe not enough to <laughs> yeah, be yeah. a mum. Yeah. I said, look, she, you had her when you were 16. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then also, is it? Shantae Barnes-Cohen, yeah, who she's... plays young um, Jess or mm. JC. Mm. Yeah, she's, um, I think this is her first mm. um, 16, 16-year-old 16 um, actress. She's from Wyala down in South Australia. Beautiful. She's just absolutely stunning in terms of when that camera goes to her. She's got so much present and, and charisma. And she's, it's a very difficult storyline for her, um, 
and the character of Jess. Um, I'm not sure how much we want to say about... No, I don't say too much. Yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> she's, um, you know, again, as Darren was saying, it's great to sort of showcase, you know, these um, new new sort of and upcoming actors and she's definitely one to watch. Yeah, it's like a subplot that she gets involved in that, that runs alongside the, the work you're doing and they... The paths cross over at, at different times, but it's um, yeah, it's a there are scenes that are sort of you know you go ooh, it's uh, yeah, sort of you're apprehensive about what might happen at least the, where I'm up to. So. Yeah, I think you're right to be apprehensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I think the other thing is too. Deb said like she's got such charisma, but also she's sort of got that quality that I don't think you necessarily not that I've ever tried to train to be an actor, but um, she's just got that face and that, you know, the camera just loves her. Like I think she looks extraordinary, you mm. know, on screen. She's yeah. really mm. wonderful young actor. This series is going to sit in a in a collection of great stories that have been filmed in sort of, you know, Outback Australia, if you like, for want of a better term, or or the, the real Australia, or or things like that. I think you know, Mystery Road is another great one, and, and I think you'll have a similar success to what they did. I'm sure, you know. Then there are elements of other things. There's there's a scene when I think JC gets in a car with a bloke, and and you're flashing to Wolf Creek. You're thinking, oh no, what could happen here, you know? And um, so yeah, I, I I think it's um, yeah, it's it's going to do well. The um. How long does this interview go? How long does this go for? Can we just sit here and hear you tell us how you like how much you like the show? For the- well, it's, I guess it's so fresh in my mind, and, yes. and I was such a big fan. I just Mystery Road blew me away, and this is this is this is going to have a similar effect on people. I think it's just just really magic. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, Blackfella, Darren. Now, did Rachel sort of start the business? Yeah, Rachel um, started the business in ninety. So Rachel Perkins. Yeah, Rachel Perkins. Yeah, not not the Prime Minister. No, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, Rachel Perkins started the business um, with Michael Riley, who was a filmmaker and visual artist. Um, and yeah, then in two thousand, late two thousand, two thousand and one, I joined. And so, I was sort of saying to someone the other day, I said it's nearly two decades. It's like my most of my wow. professional working life that we've been sitting in an office together. Um, and yeah, look, we're just blessed to continue to make stories that we love. I think that's the greatest gift of like the position we're in, that we get to make projects that we love making. And we yeah. don't have to make projects just to pay the rent, you know, and as crass as that sounds, I think um, that's a really fortunate and blessed position to be in, to work on projects that you... And I guess a big thing of that is we only work on projects that we've developed. We don't work on other material. We don't work on things that people bring to us. They originated by us. Okay, okay. Um so there's you, there's as uh, Rachel, um, Miranda, Miranda Deers involved in the company. Yeah. yeah, she's our head of drama, and she's extraordinary talent in terms of scripts and developing. You know, working with writers, and you know, certainly she was at the ABC as the head of drama. In fact, for a period of time, Channel Four before that has worked at SBS. But yeah, has a really incredible and solid sense of dramatic storytelling. Yeah. Do you, I mean, it's, is it right to call it a boutique production house? And yeah. do you have ambitions to be bigger or do you sort of like where you're at? I think I like, we like where we're at. I think we, we don't want to become a, you know, a, for the same reason, I guess, circling back to that same point, we don't want to have to be forced to make things just to pay an overhead. You know, we want to kind of keep small enough and nimble enough that we can make what we want to make. Um, but, like, having said that, look, there's very few independence in Australia now. You know, mm. there's a handful of companies, I think, that are truly independent that aren't owned by, you know, a bigger entity. So we're lucky to be part of that group that, you know, make Australian work. 
You haven't had an overture yet from a, a bigger uh, no, arrival no. or somebody looking, think, oh, this is uh, creative <laughs> talents here we could certainly use? Yet. No, not yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was um, To date, has sort of Redfern now been your biggest success, do you think? Would it be... Maybe. Yeah, and I think First Australians was pretty, mm, okay. you know, has had a long-lasting effect on, you know, how we think about our country and our history. And, yes. Um, yeah, certainly Red for Now. First Contact was another kind of work and, you know, some of the fact, because we work in drama and factual. And I think, yeah, all of those shows are trying to say something about us mm. as Australians or kind of talk about, like, things that we don't talk about. I guess yeah. that's the other thing we want to do. I mentioned commercial TV briefly before. Would you, would you like to see a, a point where they felt they should be showing things like this or did you just think you're happy with what you're doing and you let them do their thing? And Look, that's a Because they're going to get I'd, the I'd, audience. I'd, I'd, I'd never say never. I, I just think that the ambition and the scale of which we're working, I think that the commercial networks, I just don't think they're, they've got that investment in drama at the moment. Mm. You know, like I think certainly our aspiration would be more for Amazon, Netflix, Apple... Do you know what I mean? Yep, I think sure. I, I feel like maybe the which next is really jump. the future, maybe isn't it? Well, yeah. that's exactly where things are now. Mm. Yeah, you know, like I think heading. if we want to make things like the commercial networks, like that's some of the limitations. Like Deb's work would know it better than me, but like watching it, certainly, sometimes the ambition is like they, they start with a lot it's of ambition. Sort of compromised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they and some of the shows are great. You know, like like look at Secret Daughter. You know, for instance, you know Jess Malboy. She suddenly, you know, that's a show with an Indigenous yep. lead character. Wonderful to have that on air because I think it just helps mm. all of the work that we do. So, but yeah, look, certainly my aspiration is for you know move on to bigger. You know, and this show was a significant size budget. Yeah, I think Stuart Page was wrote um, Secret Daughter, didn't he? I think he yeah, worked yeah, on he that. Did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, just on on that train of thought, is it a dumb question to ask you, Deb? That the difference between working for a commercial broadcaster because you've been in things like Offspring and um, and mm. some other commercial series. Is, it, is there compromise at times that you maybe don't have to make if you're with maybe the ABC or SBS? Uh, well, when you look at something like Offspring, I mean, it suits absolutely on a commercial network. I mean, the show was made for that. It's light entertainment, mm. um, even though it sort of did um, sort of balance into sort of more dramatic and really sort of heartfelt moments, but it sort of belongs there. Yes. And I think for something like Total Control and Red For Now, I can't see that really belonging to a commercial network. I think also artistically, um, you know, as Darren was saying, these sort of shows like Red For Now and Total Control, we continually want to sort of push the ambition of what the show should be about creatively. Um, and I, I think the ABC... And SBS allows for that creativity and that risk-taking, which I don't often... I'm not too sure if that really happens within the commercial networks. Yeah. If I'm allowed to say that, I'm going to yeah. get in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, I guess the shows have got very different purposes, haven't they? Oh. Like Offspring is wonderfully entertaining, yes. showcase great actors, like a great producer, Imogen Banks, mm. you know, working on those shows with John Edwards. Like the, those shows, like everyone's making different sort of programs, aren't Yeah, we? that's right. Senator Alex Irving, did you contribute much to the um, the development or was it all pretty much there? And Look, the scripts were still being written as we, as I started, I guess, approaching the role of Alex. Um, I actually, at the beginning, had a wonderful one-on-one um, -on -one with Judy Davis. She sort of oh, put wow. her hand up and um, 
basically helped me out with looking at the early drafts of the stories and sort of getting into the head of who this Alex Irving is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was um, in, invaluable for me to have someone like Judy sort of really sort of help me gain that entry into into this this person and this this um, this role. Yeah. Um, but certainly Stuart, um, there was very much an open door policy with the writing room. If um, and with Miranda and anyone, if I had some sort of ideas or questions like that was that that was always. Um, um, you know, Stuart was always welcome for any of those sort of conversations to have, but I'm not a writer. Yeah. You know, that's the, I leave that to the experts and just right. sometimes I just go, oh, I might have an instinct around a moment or, or you know, how Alex might respond in some way. So that was certainly conversations I had with Stuart and, and with everyone. But, um, yeah, in terms of putting any words down, no, that's, that's not my skill. <laughs> Sure, sure. She was quite busy. <laughs> I was quite busy, learning them. <laughs> Before Deb was in, I think over the shooting days, I think we shot for like 58 days and I think you might have had two days off okay. in the whole wow. schedule. Okay. So it was like literally day yeah. in, day out, 10-hour days at minimum, you know, like so it was a big, big role. Mm. Was it initially envisaged as um, six episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Six parts, and that seems to be, you know, those sort of shorter limited series, you know, potential to return again, but certainly that feels like what people internationally, you know, there's a strong six to eight hours seems, you know, for the ambition that we had for the show. I won't ask about a possible second season because that might sort of lead to revealing something about where the show goes. So that's a question I'll ask you after it's all over. But... um, because I don't think it's a good question to ask early on. What's um, what else is Blackfella up to at the moment? Um, we that you are, can talk about. Yeah, that we can talk about. It's always that difficult question. Um, we are finishing off another season of Filthy Rich and Homeless. Okay. For SBS, yeah. So that's that's been that'll be for twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yep. And look, that show has been incredible in terms of raising profile of homelessness as an issue. Certainly the New South Wales government has committed big money to it. So um, we are doing that. And um, another couple of projects, which we can't talk about, um, okay. but, you know, big weighty projects, um, documentary projects for SBS and the ABC. Okay. Is there any area that um, Blackfowl hasn't gone into yet that, or a genre that you'd really like to give a go or...? Try it. I think we'd like to make a big, you know, international show. I think Mm -hmm. that's an area that we haven't gone into. And, you know, and look, this show may go some way toward that already. You know, like it had its premiere at Toronto International Film Festival, selected like 340 shows were submitted, TV shows. Okay. And it was one of five selected. So that's pretty great. And that's that, but that's been on, hasn't it? And yeah, we what only was just your feedback on the reception. Yeah, we only re- um, we only just got back from Toronto. Oh, you were there. there. Yeah, yeah, oh, we wow. both. Okay. Um, Darren, well, myself. I missed the lead there. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Experience. Well, it was only a few weeks ago, actually. Um, yeah. And myself, Rachel Perkins, Rachel Griffiths, Darren, uh, we all went over. Um, screening to about roughly three, four hundred people. people. Did they see it all? They saw two episodes. Two okay. Um, standing ovation. Oh wow! Which was really fabulous. People crying. Yeah. Like we had a female black Canadian politician politician who got up and said, look, this is my story. She was crying. It was really a, mm. quite an emotional, like people had a really visceral, emotional response to the work. Yeah. And really, and yeah, two standing ovations for these guys. So, 
Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I think that'll happen here too. Um, Deb, what else are you up to? I mean, you you always, people joke about how, you know, you can't make a good Australian series unless you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's not a joke, actually. No, I was going to say. I was going to say that's not a joke. That's actually true. Yeah, so forgive Rachel me. Rachel yes. Perkins says that she's um, without Deborah Mal, she wouldn't have a career. <laughs> well, you go to the Actor Awards and they say that the best female lead is the subtitled the Deborah Malman Award. So, <laughs> so, so tell me what, what. That's enough now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had to say it for her. She would never say it herself. What what um what else are you up to? You you've been busy? Um no, actually I think coming off um the end of Total Control filming, I've pretty much been um having some time off. Um there that nice? I, it's yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. I sort of really need it. <laughs> um I do have two projects that I think will be released sometime this year. One's a film, 2067, okay. and H is for Happiness, a very small role in a, um, a children's film, family film. Um, and I've just lent my voice to Maggie Diggins' Combat Wombat, which is an okay. animated feature, one of three. So just on that and outside of that, no, nothing lined up. Oh, fantastic. All right, well, I guess you need to break. These guys have been working you hard by the sound of it, right? Two months non-stop. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, look, that's great. It's great to, I gather you're on the sort of um, publicity trail at the moment. So it starts uh, October um, 13, Sunday nights. I think it's going into the time slot. Les Norton mm. will finish and then you guys will start the following week. So, look, um, it's been wonderful chatting to you. Um Here's to great success and um, lots of international sales too, perhaps. Wouldn't that be yeah, great? fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. MIP is in a couple of weeks, so right when the first episode goes to air here. So. Oh, brilliant. All right, Deb and uh, Darren, thanks so much. Thank oh, you thank very you. much.